The Daily Witness is not just a podcast, but originally started as a gospel newspaper. Trevor Van Vieren Ministries distributes this newspaper free of charge, paid for by partners and friends. If you have not received a copy of this newspaper in your mailbox, feel free to download a copy from our website, www.thedailywitness.co.za. And now, enjoy today's podcast. And welcome to another episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Welcome to Home, home Church. <laughs> so, um, I think let's obviously get off into a word of prayer. You know, uh, the nice thing about prayer is when you pray, uh, the Father's already listening to you even before you started. Yeah. And um, He loves prayer. And he loves to answer prayer. And I think that when we don't pray enough, we also withhold him mm. from doing what he needs to do in our lives. And I'm not saying, because some Christians don't spend any time with him. And there's some Christians that don't read their Bible. They don't even, there's, you know, what I don't like, there's Christians that preach and they're preaching wrong. The stuff that they're saying is not even in the word. And they stand there holding their Bible. Um, just like, I don't know if you guys saw that video that I posted. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the channel, that guy said, God is a mother. Mm. Now that's that's not in the Bible. Mm. And he says, and this is what he said. Nowhere in the Bible is God against gays. Oh, really? Which Bible was he reading? And um, I'm not even kidding you. The lightning struck that church and burnt the whole thing down. Mm. Burnt it to the floor. Because he lied about the Father. What yeah. The but that's what I'm talking about. And there's thousands of these people <clears throat> that... Stand behind the pulpit and they speak like they're speaking with authority, like this is the gospel truth. So if you hear them talk, you'll believe them, you know, because they're so convincing. And if you're not reading your Bible, yeah, and if you're not reading your Bible, you won't know what he or she is saying, if it's the truth or not. Yes. So you've got a lot of those things up uh, a while ago. When uh, Marius and I went to this, this one church in PE, big church, mm. and um, they, these, I don't know what, what you call them, I don't know if they're associate, associate ministers or what, but uh, they all came there and they were speaking about uh, partners, you know, mm. and I thought, okay, cool, this is going to be interesting, you know, I can learn some things, mm-hmm. and they just said, you can go out and pick anyone you want, yeah, and God's going to bless it, yeah. And uh, I, I don't see that in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. And I thought, well, I, you know, I can't go to a church that's not actually teaching what the Bible says. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a minister. Uh, Hello, Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. As they say in Valcom, Valcom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled that again. What do they say in Miami? They say, welcome to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> um that did not come out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> great show we have tonight. 
uh, I was uh, chatting with a, a pastor, a well-aged pastor. He had a church, had a congregation and all that as well. Carries his Bible, does home visits and everything. And this pastor got cross with me because I said that God wants us to speak in tongues. And he said to me, it's not in the Bible. And I said to him, you see, and then right there, right there, you have inadvertently told me you don't read your Bible. You You just confessed it. And I said to him, why did Paul say, forbid not to speak in tongues? Why are you forbidding? Sure, that's good. And he got cross with me. Yeah, the devil will Still, He still got mad at me. Stormed out and didn't want anything to do with me. Obviously, I'm preaching heresy now. So I'm alongside Jesus. So I said, Lord, I'm keeping good company. <laughs> Praise God. But, but that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of these uh, people out there, a lot of ministers. They'll hold the Bible in their hand to be convincing now. But they haven't picked it up in years. Maybe they did pick it up when they were younger. Mm. Maybe when they started out and then they just thought, Oh, I know all the stories about Jesus. I don't need to. You must you must read it. Yeah. You must read your Bible. And then there's a lot of Christians who don't read their Bible as well. And when you don't read your Bible, you can be deceived. Yes. You know? You know, there's um I have read what well, Look, I've read parts of the Bible from yeah. the from the New Testament to the end, mm-hmm. but there's 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 obviously you skip a few yes. and mm-hmm. unbeknown to you kind of yeah. thing. But but now you know we actually going through each chapter. That's yeah. it. And then you learn things. That's it. Know? That's it. That's it, yeah. Susan. That's you why. Still learn things. That's why I said this year we need to read the New Testament, and you get to read it Monday to Friday. There's no pressure on you. And if you start from the beginning of the year, when you come to the end of the year, you would have read the whole New Testament. And you'd be so happy that you did it. Yes. It's, it's, it is an accomplishment. Mm. And it's a sense of direction, and it's structure in your life. Yeah. Now I'm finding out that we've got partners that are actually ahead of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> now that's awesome. You see, that's because there's no pressure on them and there's no legalism on them. And now they're like, oh, I don't want to just read one chapter, you know. Today I'll read two chapters. So they go and read two chapters. Sometimes they want to read three chapters. That's fine. Go and do it. Uh spoke to Denver today and he <laughs> I actually joked. I sent him a message and I said, hey, Denver, how are you doing? And so forth. And how are you with your, your reading? And I, I laughed and I said, you're probably ahead. We are today's Romans chapter one. I said, you're probably ahead and so forth. And so Varus Vrachis, he sends me a message yes. back and he says, yeah, no, I'm on Romans eight. <laughs> and when he said that, I laughed. I had That's such probably a... him now. <laughs> uh, Tiffany says, yes, please do a sermon on tongues. I was told that is not biblical. That there must always be a translator. Oh, I know about that. To be uh, real tongues, etc. I was told it's not necessary to pray in tongues. Yeah, that's a very, very good message. Uh, All right, Tiffany. No problem. We'll do that. And you know what's so weird? That she's asking that now. 
I felt like the Lord had put on my heart yesterday or the day before to do something on tongues again. Because okay. you remember last year, mm-hmm. I still did the whole thing on praying in tongues. Yes. And the Lord reminded me of that and he said, you need to go back to that again. No, well, then we'll do that. We'll do that. as If the Lord sees fit, we might do it next week. Yeah. Um, it's uh, oh, that's a lovely topic. When you start dipping into supernatural things mm-hmm. and you you dip into the Holy Ghost things, um, <laughs> Tiffany's throwing a party there. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so it, it's so 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 important to spend time reading your Bible mm-hmm. so that you won't be deceived. Mm-hmm. So. In the situation where, as you know, I posted that video and that guy standing with his Bible and he says, God is not against gay people. I've, uh, it's nowhere in the Bible. And the first thing that goes off on the inside of me is uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Romans. It says a man, in Deuteronomy, it says a man shall not lie with a man. In Deuteronomy, in book of Romans, it says that... They stopped worship. It's actually in today's chapter. They stopped worshiping the Creator and started worshiping the creation. Yes. And God gave them over to a reprobate mind. In other words, He said, "Oh well, it's out of out of my hands. I'm going to just let you think what you want to think." And gave up the natural use of a woman and a so men with men and and woman with woman. And and this is what God says in His Word. Did they miss the whole chapters of where Sodom and Gomorrah? And yeah, there, there you go. There's another one. Yeah. Um, it says in his word that this is unnatural to animals, to nature. Even nature knows this is wrong. Yeah, because you won't find that in animals. Yeah. But there, the guy standing with his Bible and says, I don't see it anywhere in the Bible. Well, you're not going to see it if you just look at the cover. Yeah. Mm. And it just says Holy Bible, and then you start... And you only read what you want to read. Yeah, and then you, you, you come to a place where you start making up your own stuff as you go along. Because the stuff in that book, oh, I, I know about Daniel and the lion's den, and, and you know, the, the, the famine, the seven years of plenty and the seven years of famine. I know all that. I mean, what else can I learn from that? Mm. But people are also making allowances in the Word. To not offend other people. That's right. So yeah, that's, that's exactly all candy coated. Yeah, they just yeah. they just um we don't want to lose people, so okay, yeah, we accept what you yeah, do. Yeah, but it's, it's too fine. hard. It's too hard on those. They they, they can't. Yeah, sure, they don't understand. Yeah. Right. They're born yeah. that way. You need to go from milk to food. That's it. That's it. Well, geez, Susan. Okay. <laughs> I can tell. I didn't think I would say that. <laughs> that's very good. Okay. So Prayer, when it, when it comes to prayer, a lot of Christians run to prayer first. Mm. But prayer is actually a point of you releasing your faith. Mm. So you don't pray first. I like to say this, you pray last. Mm. Because you need to be convinced of something first. Because yeah. prayer is a, is a point of you releasing your faith. That's why you pray. That's why you pray. It's, it's a place where you're releasing your faith. It's going now. You've got faith on the inside of you, and you can actually feel it. You can actually feel sometimes like you're on a high, and when you really believe something, you're speaking it, you're singing it, you're praising it to God, and you pray it, and then all of a sudden you feel empty afterwards. 
Well, hello. That's because faith left. Yeah. It's got to go. Mm. It can't stay. It must go. And it's it goes. It's got work to do. It's got work to do. And so what do you have to do? You've got to go and fill yourself up again. Renew. That's it. That's why I always love that saying that uh, uh, Richard Crompton always said. He said, don't be a fat Christian. Yes. Where you just pump yourself full of the stuff, full of it, full of it. And you're so full of faith, but you yeah. never release it. It just stays there. You just get fat like, and fatter and fatter. <laughs> yeah. And you never accomplish anything. Yeah, you've got to. It, it, it comes out of your mouth. Mm. Um, it's like a tire that has got a slow leak it's full of air and what happens is so that tire would represent your spirit and the air would represent your faith mm-hmm. and when there's a slow leak um, what they do is they they want to search for that leak so they usually take that little squeegee that they clean your windows with they dip it in a bucket and then they rub it on your tire and they look for the bubbles mm-hmm. and the pressure comes up and it escapes out of that place. So that's how faith is. It's got to go. And that's why you pray. So uh, what are we going to pray about tonight? Well, what is it that we believe? We believe our dad's already here. Yes. Yes. I don't have to ask him to come here. Dad, won't you please come here? <laughs> thank why? you that he's already here. Yes, yes. he's already here. So we, we thank him. For his goodness, we, we, can, we can thank him for so much. Mm-hmm. So let's do that because what do we know about him? We know he loves to talk to us. We know that we are only vessels. We know that I need and Megan needs to heal ourselves to his precious spirit mm-hmm. so that we can have that anointing flow and you guys can be edified. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And we believe that. We believe he's willing. We believe he wants to talk through us. We believe he wants to think through our minds and speak through our vocal cords. We believe he wants to open up your eyes and he wants to open up your ears and open up your heart to receive more so that you walk away changed, translated. Um, a transformation takes place. That's why we pray. And that's why we set ourselves in agreement with him. And he's like, yeah, bring it on. Let's do this, you know. And he's always keen and he's always excited and he loves us tremendously and it's family time for him. Amen. 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 So let's pray. Father, we thank you that, oh, first of all, we thank you that we have you. We thank you that we have a father. Amen. It's so awesome. Lord, we, we're so grateful to you. That we have you as our Father. It's so nice to know that you want to be here. It's so nice to know that you want to spend time with us. It's so nice to know that you want to embrace us. It's so nice to know that you are always loving us the way you do with your unconditional love. It's so nice to know that you don't condemn us. It's so nice to know that you don't find fault with us. It's so nice, Father, that you have redeemed us from the curse of the law. It's so nice. And we have got so much to be grateful to you for. So, 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 so much. We're only seeing it in a, a really small part, and you don't even take offense to that at all. You, you happy, you take anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. So we thank you for your beautiful presence here tonight. You just embrace all your kids, even those who are online. 
even the disobedient ones there in Kabiga Park. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and and we're so grateful to you, Lord, that you embrace even Tiffany all the way in Miami, but you're right there with her. Yes. For us, there's a distance, but for you, you're right there with her. Even our brother Denver, all the way up in Iraq, but you're right there with him. Yes, you're embracing your son right now. Even Angela, all the way from East London. Yes. But Lord, you're embracing her right now. Even our parents, where, where they are. And like I said, Marius and his, and his fuikis. And we thank, you for, we thank you for that, Lord. You, you love us tremendously. You love being with us. We thank you um, for your message tonight that must come through. Um, Dad, I don't, I don't want anything else. I just want you to speak. And so Megan and I, we healed ourselves to you as vessels of honor. And we thank you, Father, for speaking through our minds and thinking through our vocal cords. Uh, speaking through our vocal cords. And you can think through them as well. There's many things you can do. And um, yeah, Dad, we healed ourselves to your precious spirit. We thank you, Father. I pray for everyone listening. I come against distractions in the name of Jesus. I come against distractions even for them that are streaming and even here tonight. We come against distractions. And Lord, we, I pray that their hearts are open to receive from you and your beautiful voice and your beautiful spirit. And I pray that you open up their ears to hear that beautiful poetry of love that comes from your voice. And open up their eyes that they can see your glory like never before. Thank you, Lord. They'll walk away changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Sorry for the distraction. No, no, that was me. That was me. <laughs> I um, do that too. <laughs> you swapped the words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think anything's possible in the supernatural. Yeah. Okay. So, me. there's a couple of things. I, I'm just going to speak freely tonight. So, there's no notes. I just want to speak freely tonight. We've just completed reading the book of Acts. And there are times where the Lord is going to open up your eyes to something. Mm. And um, I'm, actually, I'm actually glad that Tiffany has mentioned about the tongues and you confirming it. Yeah. And maybe we should seriously talk about that next yeah. week, should the Lord permit. I love permit. that subject so much. Because when you pray in tongues... You give God room to show you more. That's so important. And sometimes, and you'll see this in your walk, there are times where the Spirit of God is going to open things up to you over a period of time. You're going to see something that you've never seen before. Yeah. But... It doesn't come immediately. Sometimes it's big. So it unfolds and it unfolds and mm. it unfolds. And he starts talking to you a little bit more about this and a little bit more. And you start seeing something. And it, I, I've had something build up on the inside of me. So that's what I'm trying to say. We are completely dependent on our dad. Yeah. We are completely dependent on our father's spirit. And there's things that 
Dad wants you to know. He wants you to know how this earth works. He wants you to know the principles and the laws and all that type of stuff. And how he works. And how he works. Because every time it, it makes more sense to me. Since I said God wants us to be at rest. Yes. If your mind is busy, yes. he can't use it. He you. can't use yeah. it. That's exactly right. Yeah. So there's been something the Lord's been really like hammering on me, hammering on me, hammering on me over and over and over again. And then it led to another thing and it led to another thing and it led to another thing. And I'm, I'm now starting to see the bigger picture of it. So there's a lot of ministers that preach on prosperity and preach on a lot of overflow and that type of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's in the Bible. Once again, it's in the Bible. You can't deny it. But there is way too much emphasis on those things. Yeah. Way. Messages. Yeah, way, way, way too much emphasis. And this is what the Spirit of the Lord has been really getting across to me. And... While those messages are necessary, I mean, don't get me wrong, those messages are necessary. We're living in a time now, I'm not too sure if you guys have noticed, but the business side of the world and finances and so forth have evolved. It has changed. Yeah. There has been so much change that's taking place. And Prices are going up and up and up, and they're taking away the rights of the people to own things. Yep. So it's forcing you to subscribe now. Have you noticed that? Mm. It started out with little stuff like Apple Music. You can subscribe to it. Then it's Netflix. Then it's Amazon. Amazon TV, then it's Spotify, and it's just going on and on and on. Slowly but surely, you don't realize you're not owning things anymore. Yeah. You're now renting things. Mm. But now, what's happening is you need more things, you need more things, and those things are only available for rent. And the stuff that you need is actually costing more than what you're earning. So, yes, God wants you wealthy. He wants you well taken care of and so forth and so on. So don't get me wrong about that. I'm not against that message. But what I am against is that message preached in such way that it's top priority. That's what I'm against. Mm -hmm. Because it's not top priority. And we've spoken so much about... The blessing, and there's a there's place for the blessing, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, we spoke about prosperity, we speak about healing, but we talk about it as if that is number one. Yeah. And then the Christian sort of like, it, it's like a ship that runs aground. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and told him that. He said, people who get stuck on prosperity... And, and finances, they come to a place where they, they love it so much, their faith runs shipwreck. That's what he said. And 
it just comes to a halt, comes to a grinding halt. And this is the problem. We have drifted away from the most important thing, the thing that counts the most in the eyes of the Lord. And we're going back to that. So this starts out in Jesus's ministry. And like I said to you guys, we just, just, just finished now the book of Acts. And the way I do my daily reading, I mean, you don't have to do it that way, but I do it that way because I want to get more out of my chapter. Okay. And I want stuff to stick. I want to know more because I have used a lot of the stuff in the kingdom and it's gotten me results and Andrew as well. So we know the stuff works. So if, if we know the stuff works and the stuff that we used has gotten us results, then we kind of at a place like this saying, Oh my word, I'm probably only exercising 2% of what God has given me. I need to know more because what am I missing out on? See, so I read my favorite uh, Bible is the King James. I love that. It's very old and it carries covenant words in it that other translations don't use. So that's why I like to use my King James as a study reference. And yes, sometimes it can be a little bit daunting. Yeah, the 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 ye, I don't have a problem with that. But sometimes the way they speak, it almost sounds sort of like back to front. So what I do then is I will go and read it from another translation. So I, I read that same chapter twice and I read through it slowly. And I read it from another translation. And my second translation that I really like is the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation kind of speaks in our current vernacular. And it still uses some covenant terms, which I really like. And it doesn't drift too far away from the truth. But isn't the Amplified? Amplified, also a good... The Amplified Classic, yes. The Amplified Classic is a really, really good Bible. But, um, you, you know, for the time that I read uh, one chapter, and then I go to the Amplified Classic to read that same chapter, it's like I've read it through twice um, because of all <laughs> the words that they uh, add. So it's mm-hmm. like you, you're double reading. So um, I don't... And then you kind of lose concentration on what you're reading. Yeah. Because of this word, that word, that word, that I just want to get to the point, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to lose the story. So in, yes, yes. And that's why they call it the amplified, the amplifying. And sometimes like they amplify a couple of verses in one chapter. Mm. So it's a lot. And then you lose concentration and you lose the story and so forth. But it's good for study purposes again. If you're just going to study two or three verses, then it's good. So something that has been growing up on the inside of me as we've been reading. And I really started seeing into this. The Lord really started um, showing me this when I was watching The Chosen. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) from there... 
the the Lord really opened up my eyes. And then I was reading a book by Brother Kenneth Yagen and reading into Acts. This is what I saw. And I'll, this is the discussion tonight. The ministry of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was referred to many times and he quoted prophecy as well. And he spoke to the Pharisees and they kept on rejecting him and rejecting him and so forth. He was trying to help them see that he was the Messiah. And he would say things like, is it not written that you will reject the chief cornerstone? Now, this term, chief cornerstone, has come up a lot. And it came up so much that I'm reading this every time, chief cornerstone, chief cornerstone, what is this? So I did a little bit of research on it. And I looked for Google images, and that's what I do. Sometimes if I'm reading and it says they went from this city to that city, then I stop. Then I go into Google as well. And then I want to see how long did it take them? Where is this city and where is that one that they're going to? By foot. Yes. And then I, I say uh, on the maps, uh, just click walk and then it tells you. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's two days. I'm thinking, yo. And these guys traveled a lot. Now, uh, getting back to the chief cornerstone. So, I looked this up and there's a lot of images. And I encourage you to go and look it up as well. Really go and look it up. Because Jesus is referred to as the chief cornerstone. Now, I found out that the term chief cornerstone is not used anymore. It's an old term, and I believe they dropped it in the 70s already. They've, that fell away. But I found a YouTube video, and I actually watched this video, and it's Texans. And this Texan said that they are going to be building this building on their piece of land. And he said, I'm going to start out with the chief cornerstone. So I was like, uh-huh. And he went and he explained it's the biggest stone out of the whole building. And it's the first stone that gets laid for the building. And they use it to line up the rest of the foundation. It's used to lay a foundation. But now they just use foundation. Now they just use foundation. Don't build your house on the sand. <laughs> so what happens is the way they lay that stone, it, it covers the one side and obviously the mm -hmm. other side. And then they build, they add the little small stones around that. Jesus came here to build a kingdom. And he came here to fulfill the law. So the law was going to be abolished, the Mosaic law. Mm -hmm. And the scripture tells us that in the New Testament, that has fallen away. Why? Because Jesus came to establish his kingdom here. And he was the chief cornerstone. Now, if you carry on looking in throughout his ministry, he never stayed in one place. There was no church. If, if you see how he operated... It says, 
in one place that he preached a lot in the coasts of Caesarea, and he preached in all of those synagogues. And the scripture Why? says... Why? It's because they made... A lot of people took offense to what he said. Yes. So he had to move around. Often. But he had to move around because he was laying down the chief cornerstone. Oh! You see that? Yes, I do. You see? He was busy building his kingdom. He was busy building his kingdom. But it started with him. Yeah. Okay? So this is so pivotal. Like you've got to get this because this is the heart of God. The healing is not top priority. Mm -mm. The prosperity is not top priority. The blessing is not top priority. Yeah, but look at little James. He didn't heal, he healed him in yeah. the chosen. Why? It's, but that's a, a byproduct. Yeah. 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 So what I'm saying is it all started with Jesus. Mm. But they, he kept saying, they, they wanted him to stay in one place. And he said, no, we've got to move on to the next town. I have to do my father's will while I'm here. And you'll see in Jesus' ministry, he always moved, always moved, always moved. Why? He's busy building his kingdom. He's laying the foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. See? And without he keeps building the next stone yeah, the next stone without the chief corner stone the other stones cannot be added now you go and look at the next stage after jesus died and he was resurrected again and he became you know the high priest and so forth over us then he said this I am going to send you out. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And you are going to be witnesses mm. unto me unto the furthest parts of the earth. Mm. Remember that? That's in the book of Acts. Well, now you see the apostles. They were referred to as the apostles of the Lamb. Those guys followed in his footsteps. And if you go and read in the book of Acts, people are missing the point because they are looking at all the miracles that took place in the book of Acts. That's not what Jesus was about. That's not, that's, that's a byproduct. Yes. yes, God wants them uh, healed and he, he wants them set free and he, he wants people to um, live healthy and live well and so forth. But that's not the point. Mm -mm. The point is he's establishing his kingdom. And if you look in the book of Acts, you know what stands out the most to me? Is all the traveling. There was a lot of traveling in the book of Acts. A lot. Peter went this way. Um, Philip went that way. Yeah, but they went in twos. Yeah. But they all went to different cities. Then... And then they did their conversions. That's, that was the most important thing. People were getting saved. People were being translated. And then they come back again. And then they came up with Saul. And the, the church had a lot of persecution. Like a lot. Mm. To the point where 
Saul was persecuting the church. I mean, in a really bad way. And then God had to step in. And Jesus knocked him completely off his horse. He was on his way. And he was going to go and arrest some Jews mm -hmm. that were establishing the church and bring them back. And he wanted to go and bring them uh, to Jerusalem so they can be tried. And he was sidetracked. And then Jesus came and kicked him off his horse and said, why are you persecuting me? And right there, Saul got saved. And then he got roped into it. <laughs> and so God sent him. And you go and track his ministry. And go and watch how he traveled. Man, Paul traveled all over. And he went into some really, really, really tough uh, parts. And he went there to, to Jews. And he was talking to Jews and trying to convert them and so forth. To the point where he got arrested. And of course, you guys know that story. There was a whole setup. There were Jews that were planning on killing him. Yeah. More than 40 of them. They were planning on killing Paul. And so they take Paul in, you know, and Paul's uh, sister, his son, overheard what was happening. And so he goes in and he tells Paul this because he was allowed to visit his uncle. And he tells Paul about this and he says, listen, they're planning on killing you and they're going to talk to uh, the Roman officer and ask him. They want to inquire some stuff of you. So if you can come down tomorrow, but on your way there, they're planning on killing you. So Paul said, you better go and tell the, the Roman officer about this. So he went and he told him his name was Festus and he told Festus about this and Festus said, okay. Thank you for telling me. Don't tell anyone about this. Mm -hmm. And so he moved Paul to another city. So by this time, as you know, Paul is now arrested. Now, a lot of Christians don't want to be arrested. Let that sink in. Mm -hmm. And so Paul goes to the next city. And they, I mean, he got 200 guards and 200 spearmen and so forth. And they, I mean, it's an armed God uh, transportation. So they take him to the next city and introduce him there to the big boss over there and he listens and so forth. Jesus appears to him and tells him he, he must continue preaching. So he does this. Some of the apostles were murdered. There were apostles that were thrown into prison. Peter was thrown into prison. And they told him, tomorrow we're cutting off your head. And they got guards next to him. This is the type of stuff that the apostles did in the book of Acts. We focus all in the name of the gospel. All in the name of the gospel. We are so focused on all the miracles. But we miss the most important thing. God's heart. God's heart. And that's establishing the kingdom. Yes. These men laid down their lives for the gospel's sake. So that people can get born again. So that we can build this kingdom and push this kingdom forward. And you come to the end of the book of Acts. 
where the Apostle Paul had to stand before King Agrippa and Festus and Agrippa's sister Bernice. He's in chains. And they bring him forth on a stage so that he can preach like he's on show. And he doesn't see himself locked up. And he doesn't see himself as a prisoner. He sees himself as a free man. Mm. To the point where Agrippa uh, went to go and talk to Festus on the side. And he said, if Paul did not appeal to go and speak to Caesar, he said he should have been gone. Oh yes, because they found nothing wrong. They found nothing wrong yes, with him. Yes. But what they don't know is... An angel of the Lord already spoke to him and said he must testify and witness Jesus Christ in Rome. He must do it. That's part of his calling. Yeah. So we see it as a man that's arrested and in bonds. He doesn't see it. He's fulfilling his calling. So we, must, we mustn't see things as, as, a, as a diversion, as a, 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 oh, I mustn't go that way. It's, yeah. He's taking you where he wants you. Yeah. But more importantly, mm. what I'm saying is, what mm. I saw mm. out of all of this was, look at all the hard work, mm. starting from Jesus' ministry, moving up through the apostles where some of them got, I mean, we know John got beheaded. It started mm. with him. Jesus was crucified. They put Peter in prison. And then eventually... Peter got, he got crucified and he said he wants to be crucified upside down. James got murdered. All for the sake of the gospel. Now watch this. Remember Jesus said, if you are trying to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you are willing to lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you'll save it. So what am I saying? When I look at these men, they actually did things. Yeah. There's things that they, they laid down their lives for the sake of the gospel. Now you might say to me, okay, but if Jesus said, if you're willing to lose your life for my sake, you'll save it. Why was, why was James murdered? Why was Peter crucified upside down? Why was the apostle Paul beheaded and so forth and so on? Because the scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews, some of them gave up their life for a better resurrection. They wanted that. The scripture says they wanted to be martyrs for the gospel's sake, but their reward is a better resurrection. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying that these men that freely gave up their lives for the Gospels mm. so that we can get that message that we have today. I'm saying, where is the transformation in our lives? Yeah. When is the Gospel and furthering the kingdom going to be more important than anything else we choose? Yeah. What, what have we done? Mm. What have we done so that we can add to this legacy? Yeah. Because we've been living selfishly. We've been focusing on us. What can I get out of God? 
I had one uh, woman say, where's God supposed to, he's supposed to bless me. It's sad. It's sad that we have come to a place we're living for ourselves. Yeah. We're sitting and I'm telling you, there's so many Christians that I know, so many, and it's, it's sad. We are living for ourselves. What can we get out? Mm. I want to learn how to, to live by faith so that I can get something. Yes. But no one, no one has put God's need first to further the gospel. And like I said, it goes back again to Jesus' ministry, starting there. He traveled extensively in his ministry. Then we move over to the apostles in the book of Acts. They, they traveled extensively in the ministry. I'm so surprised today when you see people attacking ministers who have airplanes. they got a big problem. Hey, there were no airplanes in the book of Acts, but Paul traveled by ship. Every time you see him, he's in another ship. He's going this way, going to that. And I'm thinking... Are they going to have fault with him traveling by ship? Yeah. But he's doing it for the sake of the gospel. Yes. So what I'm saying is, all that traveling to further the gospel, they, they didn't do it for themselves. They no. did it for the gospel's yes. sake. They did it to put God's heart first. What is his heart? He wants the kingdom established. What have we done? We should get ourselves to a point where we're saying, not my will, Lord, yours be done. Yeah. But we so focus on fulfilling our own will. And that's what Paul did in, in the book of Acts. He just kept following through on what the Lord had told him to do. That's right. No matter what, he just kept moving forward, just like Jesus. That's why in one of the scriptures that actually say, he says, come, let's, let's go. Yeah. Because for every minute that you waste, like... Is one less person you're reaching? You're missing them. Yes. You're wasting time. Like we, okay, we are young. We've done what we're called to do. Let's move on. Go to the next city. That's what they did in the Word. That's what they, that's what Paul did. He jumped on and he just kept moving forward. So, oh, <laughs> okay. So that threw me completely off there. You know, but um, yeah. When are we going to get to the point in our lives where? We stop asking and looking at ourselves and we start asking, Lord, what is your will? What can I do and make that happen? Keep doing it. I mean, what, what did Kenneth say? Kenneth said um, there were three things he said. Find out what the will of God is yes, for your life. Then he said, do not conform to flesh and blood. Yes. And he said, get that done at any cost. Mm. And not many people in the body of Christ are doing that. They are focusing on their jobs, their families, their kids, their careers. They're focusing on advancing, getting a better car. Um, and, and you know what? Uh, like the, the Lord showed me this a long time ago. He said that everyone's life, um, it's, it's a ministry in itself. Yes. And it's not those that stand behind a pulpit preaching. Exactly. Not not just them. Yes. Like everyone's lives. Are. Aren't we all called witnesses? Yeah. I, I remember years ago, I was working for this one place, and I had a friend that worked with me. And this, this friend, he, he was a Christian, but he wasn't living that lifestyle. Yes. So there was a sinner that was working with us. And this friend of mine, who's a Christian, he tried to preach to the sinner. And okay. 
I, I kept quiet, you know, and this sinner turned around and he said, this stuff isn't working for you. Why will it work for me? Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what, that's, that's a great, great question. Mm. You know, yeah. It, it wasn't, wasn't, uh, didn't reflect great on the kingdom. Yes. But uh, it's true. Like, so everyone's life is a ministry on its own. Yes. You, know, you don't have to be called into ministry to be a ministry. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, that's a very, very good point, Andrew. And um, I'd like to add to that. Um, years ago as well, when I was working in this uh, factory, uh, shock absorber factory and so forth, and there's a couple of Christians uh, there, but this one Christian just wanted to be a know-it-all. Mm-hmm. And he came and he deliberately argued about the Bible. Mm-hmm. In front of other people, loud because I want all the attention on me. And there was a a sinner working there. And he said afterwards, you see, this is why I'm not interested in that stuff. Because you always see this fights. Mm -hmm. And so I got up and I called this guy outside. Said, just come with me quickly. Why? I said, just come with me quickly. And uh, we went outside, and I just I let him have it. And I told him, I said, someone inside there who is a sinner, who's not saved, mm. has seen you come and fight over stupid things. Yeah. Now he's not interested mm. at all. And this is what I'm talking about. We go back to Jesus Jesus' ministry and how he traveled, 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 always moving, 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 moving from this town to the next town, preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. What was he doing? He was establishing the kingdom. And then, like I say, we move on to the book of Acts and all the apostles did the exact same thing. And many times you see the apostle Paul say, okay, we went through these towns, da, 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 da. Let's come back again and let's let us encourage the saints. Mm. And then they had questions and, you know, they said, okay, what should we do? And they came back to the headquarters and they spoke to um, the apostles of the Lamb and said, um, some are saying they're still observing the law of Moses. What do we tell the Gentiles and so forth? And then they came together and they discussed it and they said, okay, tell them this and this and this. They don't have to, they don't have to keep the law. Why must they carry this burden? You know, and so forth. So. What am I saying? I'm talking about wherever these guys went and they preached the gospel and there was a conversion that took place. I'm saying the transformation needs to be evident in our lives. Yes, because yes, that's the witness. That's the witness. Because when you are acting out on it, that's going to minister more than yes. you just speaking yes. all yeah. the yes. time. Because yeah. words words don't minister as much as what actions do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, your, let your, the Apostle Paul said, let your life be a living epistle. Yes. In other words, let your life reflect that there's a transformation that took mm-hmm. place. And, and it's amazing. Like the Holy Spirit will lead a person. Yes. Uh, there, there were times where I was in a situation where like people like rent. Yeah. Know? And like I'll sit quiet, you know, and it's it's easy to just fight with someone, yes. you know, but then the person goes off and they don't receive anything. Yeah. And, uh, 
you, you just got to sit and there's times where you've got to pray in your mind and say, Lord, what do I do in this situation? Yes, exactly. You know, because he's, he's trying to help you and he's trying to help the ranting person. That's of it. Course. You know, and um, yeah, it's, it's amazing how like a person's ministry, you don't have to stand on stage to be a witness. No, exactly. you don't. And I, and I like like what you're speaking about, like with, um, you know, Jesus was the cornerstone and he kept uh, preaching and preaching, establishing his ministry. Yeah. And our task is to do the exact same thing, yes. to keep establishing his ministry yeah. by going every day in everything we do and everything we say and how we behave everything is a stone that we are putting down to build that kingdom yeah we we need to allow the transformation to take place yes. in us you know if you have a problem with cursing and swearing that needs to go yeah it needs to go if you got a problem uh, with porn it needs to go. Yes. The transformation needs to take place. You can't call yourself a Christian and you're still holding on to that stuff. Mm. You know, if you got a problem with backbiting, we understand that that's a lust. Yes. It's got to go. If you got a problem with unforgiveness, it's got to go. And if you got a problem with bitterness, it's got to go. And lying. And lying. We spoke about that before, lying yes. in the church. Guys, these things have to go. Oh, addictions, they have they to go. They have to go because we have to show that the transformation took yes. place. You know, we've got to also stop living for ourselves. Mm. We've got to stop being selfish. Yes. We've got to stop seeing what can we get out of God. Mm. Where is the Lord? I've prayed, blah, blah, blah. When last have you laid down your life for the kingdom? Yeah. When last have you put the kingdom of God first place yes. above your needs? The apostle Paul was in chains. Mm. He's preaching the gospel to Festus and Agrippa and Bernice and some of the top people there. And he says, I would that you even be like me without the chains. Yes. Because... He wasn't worried about being in prison. He's still putting the kingdom of God first yes. place. He's still thinking, hey, Agrippa, you got to be saved. Festus, you got to be saved. Yes. Festus goes like this here. Man, you mad. All that study, it made you mad. <laughs> Paul goes, I'm not mad, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad. Yeah. And wh what did Agrippa say? You almost converted me to Christianity. You see, you see what I'm saying? Paul is standing in chains and he's not thinking about himself. No. He's standing in chains and he's not thinking, why is this happening to me? Yes. This is unfair. Mm. I've encouraged the saints. I've gone from church to church. Why me? No. He doesn't care about himself. Mm, he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about God's needs. He's putting God's needs yeah. first. I told a Christian recently, I said to him, you know, God has needs. He looked at me. He was shocked. Likes to quote scripture. Loves to quote scripture. Loves to sound spiritual. He says, um, why would God have needs? He's got all his needs supplied. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, and if we do nothing, what's he going to do? 
You didn't know how to answer me. Mm. I said, God has needs. We are his hands and feet. He did that on purpose because we have the opportunity to meet his needs the way he has the opportunity to meet our needs. Mm. I can't meet my own needs. And he loves it that he loves to meet my needs. But when are we going to forget about our needs so much that we're obsessed with his needs? When last have you woken up at three o'clock in the morning and thought about how can I meet my father's needs? Mm. What is it that he needs me to do? What can I do for him? How can I do that? You're waking up and you're thinking, how can I get that thing for myself? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if, if, you know, if I could get that new car? Wouldn't it be great if I, if I, if I, when are we going to stop that? Yeah. When are we going to be so, we say we love him. Yeah. When are we going to act out on, act it. Out on that? Mm. And it's only done in action. That's the only way you can prove your love to him is by doing what he tells yeah. you to do. That's it. So that's what I'm saying. That is the message for tonight. And I hope you guys really got something out of it. But it, it's about abandoning this selfishness. We must allow the transformation to take place. Mm -hmm. And what is the transformation? Become more like him and put his needs first. And genuinely do that. Think about what can I do for him? What needs does he have? How can I put him first? Mm -hmm. You know, and forget about my needs. And I promise you this, God will meet your needs. Yes, every time. God will meet your needs. You'll have your needs met. You don't have to worry. You know why we put our needs first place? Because of fear. Yeah. Because what if he doesn't do it? We've got to get past that. We have to get past that. We have to, we have to love him so much and put his needs first. Allow that transformation to take place and carry on the legacy what Jesus started and Peter and, and Philip and Bartholomew and all of these men and Barnabas going right through up to Paul and carrying on. We got to be like that. Paul was, he landed up in Rome and it says he was there for two years. And he welcomed people into his home and he's answering all their questions and that type of thing. He's constantly thinking about God. I need to meet his needs. I need yes. to meet his needs. And it, there's another day I get to meet his needs. There's another day I get to meet his needs. And when we do that, when we choose to, to lose our life for the sake of the Gospels, you'll save it. And you'll see change and you'll see God. And I mean, I'm doing that for myself now. Yeah. I'm thinking about, hey, wow. When I look at what these guys did for our kingdom and where it is today, I'm thinking, man, I need to do a whole lot more. Well, look at the Apostle Paul. He said he's in a strait betwixt two. He wants to go home to be a Philippine, Very good. But yeah. he's rather going to stay yeah. so he can be a blessing to others. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I just throw something in that's sort of... On the same path, but it's just marriage related. Yeah. There was a, that was one of the things that the Lord taught me about marriage. He said to me, marriage is not about you. Yeah. It's not about you. Well, it's not about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about you. Yeah. He said to me, marriage is not about you. That's what he was saying to me. Yeah. He said, marriage has to be about the other person. That's it. If you're getting married for yourself, you're getting married for the wrong reasons. And he said... Get married for the other person 
and ask yourself, how can I meet their needs? That's it. Because when you are always taking care of your partner's needs, the Lord is dealing with your partner and training them to take care of your needs. So as long as you're doing the will of your father, he will always have someone coming from the behind who's coming to meet your needs. But if you're always looking after yourself, you've already cut the Lord off. You've cut him off. That's exactly right. And you can't, he can't send anyone. He doesn't need to send anyone. You've done it yourself. And listen, it takes faith to do that. Yes. It takes faith to, to sacrifice yourself and say, I'm going to go all in. Yes. And you. With the risk of getting nothing. With the risk of getting nothing. Yes. And then all of a sudden you see God doing it. And you'll get, you'll get other Christians come to you and say, but how are you doing this? Yeah. How are you? Do- I don't understand. How, how are you getting this right? Well, are you saving yourself or have you sacrificed? Like Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up your cross. Mm. Yeah. You know, that means you've, you've got to put your own needs and your personal On stuff aside and mm. put God first. Yes. When you do that, God puts you first. But people want God to put them first and they want to see stuff and then they want to see more yeah. and then they want to see more and then they want to see more and they never ever put him first. And what did the Lord say to us when we were doing the newspaper? He said to us, I've already gone ahead and prepared their hearts. Yes. And that's what he's doing when you prepare your heart to meet his needs. Amen. He's already spoken to people. That's right. He's already prepared them to come and meet you. You didn't even have to do anything. Exactly. You don't have to take care of yourself because he's already like planned everything out to take care of every need that you need because you took care of him. Amen. Well, did you guys get anything out of this? Yes. yes, I Amen. Hallelujah. Let's end this off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for speaking to us tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank, thank you, you for your wisdom. Yes. Your ways are higher than our ways. Thank you, Lord. Your ways, Lord, are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. But praise God, your ways work. And your word will not return void, yes, but it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. We thank you. Dad, for being the amazing dad that you are. Help all of us, Mm. help all of us come to that place where we are putting you first, where we want to sacrifice our own stuff and we don't want to save our own lives. We want to lose it for your sake and the gospels. And in doing so, Lord, we'll actually end up saving it. Mm -hmm. Bring us to that place, Lord. Help us get rid of the selfishness. Help us get rid of this me, me, me. And help us genuinely put you first in everything. Get us to that place. You know how to do it. You know how to do it. Even if we're failing miserably now, you can take us from the place where we are and you can get us there. Man, I know we'll be happy. And it's a place of maturity. Yes. It's, a, it's a next level place. And we thank you for that. We love you. We thank you for answering you, this Lord. prayer. Yes, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that message. Yes. yes. And as always, remember, faith comes by hearing. So, so keep, keep on hearing. hearing. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast, Feel free to let us know by contacting us via our Telegram channel, Trevor Van Vieren Ministries, or send us a message on our Facebook account. 
And if you liked what our ministry is doing, why not partner up with us and sow into God's vision, which is to bring a printed copy of our newspaper to every house in our city. All funds are used to increase the print run and reach more houses with the good news of Jesus Christ. You can sow via our website at www.thedailywitness.co.za. There you will find a tab called Sow Into a Vision. If you are inside of South Africa, you can use the option of SnapScan. You can download this app free of charge from Play Store or iTunes. If you are outside of South Africa, you can use our option of Give and Gain. We thank you for your faith and generous support. Remember, we love you and Jesus loves you.